Thank you so much for joining us for the second edition of the Hold On To Your Racket Open Mic Grand Slam Poetry Slam. Our poet for today is Josefina. It's been two weeks, we say goodbye to France. Because of the cold, a bunch of players wore pants. Instead of the summer, they played in the fall. So they changed their clothes, but also the ball? From Babylon to Wilson, players said no, because the ball on the clay was much too slow. Either way, they continued. Soon Serena dropped out. She injured her Achilles and decided rest was the best route. Zverev got sick. Everyone thought he had COVID. Turns out he was negative, but David Goffin actually did. After losing his match, Shapo had a lot to say. He said there was no real bubble, and US Open was best all the way. We saw some Italians make a miracle run. They were Yannick Sinner and Martina Trevisan. We had two big finals, didn't know who would win. Djokovic came in second, and so did Kennan. Nadal tied Federer for the most male Grand Slams, won his 13th RG title, and said it was for the fans. We saw Sviatek rise up and become a star. That's it for Paris. Au revoir. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josefina and Shravia. Shravia and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more. Okay, welcome to this episode of Hold On To Your Racket, episode 22, and this is our Roland Garros recap episode. It has been a very um, tumultuous tournament. We had a breakthrough win, and we had a legendary win on the two sides of the tournament, and today, on this very wonderful Tuesday, October 13th, we will be giving you a recap of both the WTA and ATP singles tournaments, but really the final. So, we really want to talk about first the WTA tournament. This is where we had our breakthrough win. 19-year-old Iga Swiatek won the title, and her reign of dominance throughout this tournament continued through to her final match. Yeah, I mean, leading up to the final, she completely obliterated everyone in her path. She did not lose more than five games per match. And speaking about the final score itself, Swiatek won 6-4, 6-1. In the first set, she got to a fast start, but it became more competitive in the second half of that first set when uh, Kennan and Sviatek started trading breaks. And in the second set, um, they started trading breaks in the beginning of the set, but then Kennan took a medical timeout that was a bit controversial because there didn't seem to be a need to take that medical timeout. She just got some more wrapping on her leg, but her movement seemed pretty fine after but either way Sviatek just absolutely dominated in the second set yeah she said um she's ending her season here at Roland Garros she was gonna play in Ostrava but um she's ending it on a high note and obviously wouldn't have enough time to prepare for that tournament and transition to the different surface so um smart decision from her to end it here um you know despite a possible injury that Kennan may have had. I don't really think that there was anything substantial going on there. I think that Suantek just played the brand of tennis that she's been bringing to this tournament the entire time. 
And she even said, um, when she was talking about the match in the past few months after the match, she said that going into, like, during the quarantine and when I was training, the way I was playing, I really felt like I would, that I could win a Grand Slam because so many of the top players really weren't playing or maybe out of form. And she went in with that mindset to the U.S. Open. She got to the third round of the U.S. Open and then she realized, like, this mindset isn't really working for me. Like, this isn't, you know, getting me anywhere and it's probably the wrong type of pressure. And we've been talking about how she's working with her sports psychologist, too. And then for this Grand Slam, they had a totally different outlook. She just wanted to play her best tennis. She still had that belief in her that she could win, but, you know, I think she was right like it happened and i mean after winning her first grand slam she became the first polish person to win a grand slam singles she said i feel like poland my country was behind me the whole tournament they believed in me so i believed in myself so it's just really great to see she broke a record here like we were talking about how the atp side also that was a historic win but this one is just as historic because this is an entire country that they just won their first grand slam yeah i mean it's you this this win was just you know amazing on so many levels for poland for you know this new generation of wta players um a testament to what women's tennis has to come, for what tennis has to come in the future. And I think that her real, like, she really just knocked everyone out of the ballpark. And, you know, we talked about she hasn't dropped a set. She didn't lose more than five games. She said clay is her best surface. We are definitely looking forward to seeing her on clay more. But let's talk about Sophia Kennan, too. She's had an amazing 2020 um, and she commented that, you know, despite losing in that final, she felt that she had a great tournament and a great year. Obviously, we've talked about her coming off of Rome. And Sophia Kinnan has shown that she, we've talked about this throughout, you know, the French Open. Sophia Kinnan has shown that she is a force to be reckoned with in the years to come. Because this year, she really showed that she can bring that best level of tennis against the best players at these Grand Slam tournaments. There's just her, she's just one of the best competitors on the tour right now, and I think that that is going to um, pay off dividends for her in the future. I mean, just one huge question, especially coming off of this final, can Sviatik and Kennan continue to be major forces on the WTA tour, or are they just flashes in the pan, or just something that happened like a fluke. Yeah, I think we talked about Yelena Ostapenko also winning her first title and Grand Slam at the French Open, and she hasn't really been able to follow up with that as much as someone like Naomi Osaka or even Sophia Kennan has. Um, But I think that if you look at this WTA Next Gen, who we love to talk about, Naomi Osaka, Bianca Andreescu, Ika Swiatek, Sophia Kennan, Um, I'm probably missing people here, but you look at them and you can't, you see them having such great wins and making the smart moves, like each of them and improving their worth in this, on this tour. It's very difficult to believe that Sviatik and Kennan, who are such great competitors, aren't gonna continue to be forces to be reckoned with. 
Yeah, because, I mean, coming off of her win, Kennan obviously won the 2020 Australian Open. And after we went into quarantine, we didn't really know what was going to happen. But she came back and she proved, I'm here to stay. That wasn't just something that happened accidentally. I'm actually a great player. Now, come deal with me. I'm not really sure where I was going with that, but I think you know what I mean. (laughs) Just saying that she's not a one-time thing. She's going to be here for a while, and she's here to stay. Yeah, and, you know, everyone who we expected, and this has become, like, a consistent trend on the WTA for the past couple of years, where everyone who, and I think it especially shown through here more than some other tournaments in the past, but everyone who we expected to make deep runs, who were good clay court players, and we really were, saw coming off of momentum, Simona Halep, Belina Svitolina, Kiki Burtons, Garbini Muguruza, they were replaced by these young guns. And they were replaced by these qualifiers and players who had these amazing stories. And I think that that's part of the beauty of the WTA Tour at the moment is the fact that there are so many good players and the fact that it's unpredictable. Yeah, especially on the WTA side of things, we really see that different players can take the stage and it's completely okay because either way we're entertained, they all bring great tennis to the table. So it's just great to see new styles and new players, especially looking at people like Podoroska and Trevisan who made it so far in and nobody expected them to. I mean, Trevisan, no, Podoroska was the qualifier who made it so far and nobody they were both qualifier qualifiers actually and looking at their backstory i mean podoroska had basically in, the entirety of argentina behind her because i saw diego shoresman juan del potro they were all giving her congratulations throughout and trevisan she has such an amazing backstory and really seeing her come back this far in the tournament is just really great to see her making a comeback now as much as the WTA tournament was amazing, so many great breakthroughs and stories, I think that obviously the ATP tournament had an equally amazing tournament. Um, in the final, you all definitely know this already, but Rafael Nadal, the king of clay, absolutely dominated the world number one, Novak Djokovic, to beat him 6-0, 6-2, 7-5 in the final. And everything about this win was just perfect like I'll we're gonna discuss this in a bit but I'll give you some numbers that we're gonna talk about and that just show you how I guess perfect this was this was 100 to 2 13 20 and 2020 (laughs) just leave it there that's it we're done I mean looking back at the score Nadal completely just destroyed Djokovic. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry. That's just what happened. Can't really go against that. Um, Djokovic did give a little bit more of a fight in the third set, 7-5. But, I mean, Nadal bageled the number one player. He's really shown that he is the king of clay. And he is not someone to be messed with when it comes to his tournament. Roland Garros. And even Djokovic said after the match that he was surprised with how well Nadal played, but a bit disappointed with his own performance, said he was simply overplayed. But I mean, when Nadal won, it was just such a great reaction. Just it's so, just the 
face, the look of the face. The when, face. The face was the so face, good. Exactly. And just the, the look. The face said it all. Yeah, exactly. The look that players make when they win a Grand Slam, it just, like, captures all the happiness in the world and just makes, it makes me tear up, honestly. Yeah, some of my favorites were, like, uh, the Australian Open in 2017 when um, Federer won and it was the challenge, and he saw, and he started jumping up and down. Another one of my favorites this year, Naomi Osaka after the U.S. Open. She She's just so chill and reserved, down. and then she just laid down. And then you know, Iga Swiatek just in just total disbelief, and then Nadal just like fell to the ground, was so happy, and I mean that was amazing to see. Um, he also obviously. With this slam win, he got to 13 Roland Garros titles, which is a record, and a record 20 Grand Slams to tie the male all-time record for Grand Slams. And he actually commented on that after the match, and I thought his response was really poignant and really timely. He said, It's a very tough year, but a win here means everything to me. It's not the moment, honestly, not for me. I don't think today being the 20th equaling Roger on this great number. For me, today, this is just a Roland Garros victory. Roland Garros means everything to me. For me, just playing here is a true inspiration, and the love story I have with this city and with this court is unforgettable. And, I mean, you can see how much Roland... I mean, Josephine is beaming right now. Just be, like, um, <laughs> you, Regardless of if you're an Nadal fan or Federer fan or Djokovic fan, you just have to, like, look at this and, re- like... This is just amazing for I think we're just speechless. Speechless. We can't even come up with the words for how much like we fathom this means to him. Um, I mean, even in the craziest of times, Nadal was so grateful that they were able to play. He said, "We are facing very challenging moments, and I think Novak and I, in the same way, are saying that we are very lucky that we can keep playing our sport." And I couldn't agree more. I mean, just seeing this in the light of the pandemic is something that everybody needs especially if you're a tennis fan just to have the grand slam still going on strong is just something a little bit of normalcy that we need and seeing like heartwarming moments like when Nadal won that's that's some happiness and good positivity we need yeah and you can see that he understands the state that we're in and he realizes that as you said like even though this win might not be the most important thing in the world right now he, it still provides some sense of entertainment or relief or normalcy for people. Well, I mean, Natal winning Roland Garros has become pretty normal <laughs> at this point. But, um, I mean, I, I just thought that he used his platform very well and very responsibly. Like, he said, you know, just keep going, stay positive, and all the very best. Together, probably, we will go through this and we will beat the virus soon. You know, he's acknowledging it's not over yet, and he's acknowledging that he's in a very privileged position to be able to play his sport right now you know he even wore his mask while posing the trophy and I just thought that small things send a really great message around the world and obviously Spain was one of the countries that was and still is being very um badly impacted by the pandemic and I think that he used this moment you could see he was so thankful to be playing here period yeah yeah yes also I saw something funny online where <laughs> there's like a picture of Rafael Nadal edited kind of to where he was really old and it was Nadal still <laughs> winning 
Roland Garros in 2050. So I found that funny. But somehow also I was like, that is completely possible. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, you know, I think a, an interesting conversation to have in a few years is like, who's going to be the player on the ATP side who will dominate the clay? Who are or the next maybe big we won't three? See- or maybe we won't see an ATP player consistently dominate the clay. Maybe a WTA player like Swiatek might. We don't know. Like It's very interesting to see what tennis will look like after this era of the big three and Serena Williams. But, I mean, there's still a lot to celebrate here. We haven't gone through it all. Nadal is now 100 wins, two losses at Roland Garros. <laughs> he has 13 Roland Garros titles, and this is probably a record that will never be beaten in tennis. And I've heard a lot of athletes saying on social media and stuff, tennis and non-tennis athletes, that this record is one of the greatest records in all of sport. At this point, he's just breaking his own record. That's it. Just there's no co- competition here on the Roland Garros side of things when it comes to Nadal. And speaking of Nadal's win, we had some. This is my favorite part of this whole thing, actually. Me oh, too. <laughs> just Roger Federer, the player you may know him, right? You might know him. He's, A next gen player, still yet to crack the top one hundred, but we're rooting for him. We are, <laughs> you know, he's really creeping up on us. You know, never heard of him, but here he is. And just in all seriousness, Roger Federer is the person that Rafael Nadal equaled in most male Grand Slams for a male player. And what he had to say to Nadal was this quote. I have always had the utmost respect for my friend Rafa as a person and as a champion. As my greatest rival over many years, I believe we have pushed each other to become better players. Therefore, it is a true honor for me to congratulate him on his 20th Grand Slam victory. It is especially amazing that he has now won Roland Garros an incredible 13 times, which is one of the greatest achievements in sport. I also congratulate his team because nobody can do this alone. I hope 20 is just another step on the continuing journey for both of us. Well done, Rafa. You deserve it. (laughs) Josefina is going to cry while I continue. Um, I just think it's so fitting that both of them are at the top now. You know, 2020, 2020, the year. Oh, yeah, that was so perfect. It's just perfect because, you know... Even Nadal said about Federer in some way, quote, in some way, I think he is happy when I'm winning and I'm happy when he's doing things well. So these two guys have are the prime examples of sportsmanship on and off the court, just like uh, our companionship like on and off the court. They're great friends. They did that Instagram live during quarantine. But, you know, just looking at tennis, like to have they're the two sitting at the top. And they have really been the torchbearers for these past 10, 15 years, and even more than that, um, to just continue bringing such excellence to the sport. And they, like, just to see this camaraderie and rivalry and friendship all together is really something to be grateful for. Because here's the thing. If you're friends with your greatest rival, as long as one of you is at the top, you're both winning. That's what's so great about this. And that's really what Nadal meant when he said he is happy when I'm winning and I'm happy when he's doing well. So just this 
friendship is great. And honestly, some of their best moments for me, I think, is during the Labor Cup when they're kind of coaching the next-gen players together. That's just, those moments are so good. Absolutely hilarious. I've heard, (laughs) there's, like, a joke on, like, tennis social media now that, like, Federer and Nadal are the dads of all, like, the next-gen players. And I just think that's so accurate. But, I mean, then we go into this debate. Obviously, this was a big three final. Like, we can't deny the fact or detract from the fact that Novak Djokovic has had an, an an amazing year. Like, he, you know, still sits at the number one spot. You know, he beat some very good players in this tournament. He's barely lost this entire year. But, you know, then starts this whole GOAT debate, and you see, like, all, like, the Federer fans, the Nadal fans, and the Djokovic fans. They're all at each other's necks. They're all at each other comparing stats and slams and forever. And in my opinion, I just think that detracts from the fact that we're so lucky to be able to see these three battle it out and dominate for so long. At the moment, to me, like, this just makes it clear that there's no definitive way to say who the GOAT is, at least not right now. Yeah, like, exactly. We have to wait for it to play out. We, we have to wait for it to play out, and, like, there's no denying the fact that the three of them were the greatest men's tennis players of all time. And I just think that the arguments that are happening right now, like, it, it, this is just detra- distracting from the greatness that we have in front of us as tennis fans. The fact that we can witness this right now in this era, like, these are the best episode podcast episodes you're going to get ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as Josephine has said, there's obviously still a ways to go in their careers, and we don't know what the future holds, but each of them brings something different to the sport and something that the other person can't match. And something that, you know, one person has something over the others, um, and you can't, there comes a point where you have to realize that the three of them have something special. And there's no denying that. Yeah. I mean, sure, on the men's side, but, you know, maybe in a little bit, you know, maybe you'll see Travi and Josefina maybe in the top five on the women's <laughs> side. <laughs> but also, let's just take a second to talk about this open-era slam group of 20 Grand Slam titles. I mean, starting with Serena Williams, obviously the big 23, and she keeps getting so close to getting 24, and I think... I think she still can. She's just beating her own record here. And And then we have Steffi Graf and Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal now, recently, as of basically three days ago, yes, because today is Tuesday and they played on Sunday. So seeing all these players breaking the records now in the open era instead of having it be an old record is so great because we're witnessing the history right before us. I think that the best way to sum up this tournament is that, kind of catering to both sides, is that Iga Swiatek is the raw fan, or the Rafael Nadal fan, as they call it, who has had the best two weeks. She tweeted, congratulations at Rafael Nadal. It's amazing to kind of share this experience with you. Am I even allowed to say this? <laughs> thought that was perfect. Okay, so before we wrap up tennis talk, we obviously want to discuss who won the women's doubles title. Well, we're only saying the women's doubles title because we already covered all the past, like, winners in the last episode, so we're just covering what we have left. So, Babos and Mladenovic won the women's doubles titles, 6-4, 7-5. 
and this was their fifth Grand Slam title together and a successful defense of their Roland Garros title last year, so this was a big win for the duo. It's time for the Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz, where we round up a tally of all the trivia questions we do throughout a tournament and crown a Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz. We're crowning a Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz today because it's the last Roland Garros episode. So the score is currently 5-4 with me in the lead, and I'm going to start with the first question. My question is, Sviatek won her first three ITF Women's Circuit titles at 15 years old. By what age had Nadal won this many titles? Is it A, 14, B, 15, C, 16, or D, 17? Um, like, won this many ITF titles? Yes. Oh. I'm gonna go with 15. No, it's 17. Okay, that was my initial guess. Wait, why did I guess 15? That's so stupid. Actually, no, so we all take one that many at 15. That's not <laughs> stupid. That's amazing. Okay. okay. Um, well, so, see, here... Okay, wait, no. Now, there's no way I could have won, could win the tennis ball first quiz, but I am still going to ask my question because I like my question, and I know Josephina wants to answer my question because she likes answering my questions. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> Which of the following players, uh, male or female, moved up the most spots in the rankings after Roland Garros? A. Martina Trevisan. B. Seb Korda. C. Nadia Podoroska. Or D. Hugo Gaston. Uh, I think it was Sebastian Corda. It the correct answer was Podoroska, but like it's very close. So Trevisan moved up seventy six points, Corda moved up eighty one points, Gaston moved up eighty two points, and Podoroska moved up eighty three points. Oh wow! So it is really close. That's by like the one. Two, actually. <laughs> Our final score remains 5-4 because neither of us got each other's questions correct. So Josefina pulled off a win. I'm the it tennis ball out, frisk quiz whiz. You're the tennis ball frisk quiz whiz. We had a very tumultuous frisk quiz, though. I, th- I believe in Roland Garros, I started out with a lead. Then you caught up. Then you oh, were yeah. at 5-2. Oh, my God. My comeback and then I got to was 5-4. legendary. Right before this episode, I was at 5-4. And then... Josephina sealed the deal with a very good question. Yep. So that's it for the French Open Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back with more Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz once the next big WTA or ATP tournament takes place. Thank you so much for joining us. And that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage on upcoming tournaments and updates on all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at holdontoyourracket on Instagram and at hotyr underscore tennis pod on Twitter. We have some exciting episodes planned for the rest of the season, so be on the lookout for some big things coming from the Hold On To Your Racket theme, including a special Halloween-themed episode. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravia. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please 
Tell your friends my name is Robert and Shravi's name is Steve. See you next time.